everyone, and welcome to the fund's Title Now pop-up webinar. I'm Melissa Murphy, and we host these webinars from time to time for the purpose of bringing you a quick update on a topic or maybe even a new topic. But we want to do this in relation to real estate transactions so that you can keep up to date with what's going on out there in the real estate world. We try to keep these simple. No PowerPoints, just a conversation. And then we push the audio out to our podcast, which is also called Title Now, so that you can easily access the information again and share it with your friends and colleagues. It's really easy to subscribe. You can get it wherever you get any of your podcasts. And it's free, of course. Another benefit of fund membership. So what are we talking about today? Well, it has been several years since blockchain and cryptocurrency first surfaced in the real estate transaction world. It was met with confusion and a fair amount of suspicion, I believe. But cryptocurrency continues to gain traction and we are hearing about it quite often in the news and in the media. You now see celebrities promoting the investment in cryptocurrency in fancy magazine ads and in prime, te prime time television commercials. I guess the message is be like Matt Damon and invest in cryptocurrency. But apart from, we, from what we are seeing in the media, we are seeing the use of cryptocurrency and blockchain coming back up again in the world of real estate transactions and real estate records. So I thought it was time to get an update for fund members. We are fortunate that one of our very own underwriting attorneys is very knowledgeable about this topic and serves on the blockchain and cryptocurrency subcommittee of the commercial real estate committee of the reptile section of the Florida Bar. The business law section has a comparable committee on which she also serves. So my guest today is Colleen Sachs, senior underwriting attorney with the fund. So before I uh, invite Colleen into this conversation, I wanna make sure that all of you uh, watching and listening today know how to post questions on the chat. Uh, one of our other underwriting attorneys, Caleb Hinton, is monitoring the chat for us, and so he'll come in at the end of our remarks and read off any questions that you might have asked. But go over to the right-hand side of your screen, and in that white box, um, go down to where it says chat. Uh, that's where you can insert your question, and then under the drop-down box next to the word to, pick Caleb Hinton as the person to whom you are sending your question. That way it gets directly to Caleb and there won't be any confusion. So hopefully that will work. We would love to get some questions. So Colleen, welcome. Thanks for being with me today. And I wanna start with some basics, just to make sure we are all reminded of what we are talking about. So tell us, what is crypto. Okay, well, crypto is a form of a digital asset, and it's based on blockchain. 
which is a network that's distributed across a large number of computers. So cryptocurrency is simply a blockchain token, but keep in mind that crypto is just part of how blockchain can be used. And the best known currency, cryptocurrency is Bitcoin, uh, but there are about 12,000 cryptocurrencies. And that's double the number in the last quarter of 2021. Uh, we have about a thousand cryptocurrencies are being added each month. I was really surprised when you told me that when we were getting ready to do this webinar. I had no idea there were that many cryptocurrencies, and I think that adds to the confusion. But there have to be uh, advantages to using cryptocurrency. So what are people that are in, in favor of cryptocurrency saying are the reasons to use it? What are the advantages? Well, it's got a number of advantages. Uh, it includes that it's a fast money transfer without fees. Uh, it, it is a decentralized system that doesn't involve banks, and a lot of people like that. Uh, it has the uh, benefit of privacy, and it is much easier on international and on overseas transactions. Those sound like great advantages if they um, are in fact real. Um, but I'll bet there are some disadvantages too. Otherwise, this wouldn't have, um, or this wouldn't have lagged in its incorporation into real estate transactions. So, what are the disadvantages? Sure. Possibly the greatest perceived disadvantage is the use of cryptocurrency is the fluctuation in volatility. It's extraordinarily volatile. Uh, but some other disadvantages um, historically have been the high con uh, consumption of energy involved in mining. Although that is changing, there are some more energy efficient means of mining nowadays. But also the use of cryptocurrency in criminal activities, such as purchases made on the dark web, have given it a bad name. And they can have real consequences. They were recent fraud and Ponzi-style cases that have involved many millions of dollars. One of them actually involved a $1.7 billion um, transaction that uh, misappropriated funds, $1.7 billion in misappropriated funds. So they can have a, a very real downside. Well, it seems to me it doesn't matter what type of currency you're dealing in, there are going to be fraudsters that try to jip people out of their money. Um, but certainly the lack of understanding of cryptocurrency combined with instances of fraud just makes people even more nervous. So are governments starting to pay attention to this? Are there any regulations or laws out there that govern the use of cryptocurrency? Yeah, that's actually considered to be one of the downsides uh, because there's some uncertainty in what the future holds regarding regulation. And we see this coming from regulatory agencies, from legislation and from litigation. For example, there was a 2021 case from uh, the United States District Court in the Northern District of Georgia. And it was a fact specific situation, but they found that the transaction for the sale of a house that included a portion of the payment in the form of cryptocurrency was an unlawful sale of unregistered securities. Um, the various attorneys general in states are monitoring crypto closely. Fannie Mae has new crypto requirements. And then you're going to see uh, rules that are dealing with uh, what they call KYC or Know Your Customer and AML, which are anti-money laundering rules um, to try to deal with security. And FinCEN also comes into play. 
And then also in the title industry, the uh, title company has to receive payment in fiat or U.S. dollars. Uh, so that's uh, that can become problematic. Well, that's certain, certainly a regulatory restriction on the use of cryptocurrency. And I know that Florida, um, the legislature created and appointed a blockchain task force, but that was with a pretty narrow focus and not so much on regulating the use of cryptocurrency here in Florida. So it'll be interesting to see if our uh, state government gets involved in this in any way. But I do want to circle back with you um, about your comment about Fannie Mae requirements, because Fannie Mae obviously plays a big role in the world of real estate transactions. So um, give us some more information about these Fannie Mae guidelines. Okay, well, in fa the Fannie Mae guidelines say that virtual currency that has been exchanged into U.S. dollars is acceptable for down payment, for closing costs, and for financial reserves if there's been documented evidence that the virtual currency has been exchanged into U.S. dollars and held in a U.S. or state-regulated financial institution, and the funds are verified in U.S. dollars prior to the loan closing. And a large deposit may be made from virtual currency that was exchanged into U.S. dollars, but the lender also has to obtain sufficient documentation to verify that those funds originated from the borrower's virtual currency account. And the virtual currency may not be used for the deposit on a sales contract for the purchase of the subject property. Um, once again, it, it will always have to be exchanged into uh, fiat, and uh, if it's a large deposit, then they're going to have to see that this came from the borrower's virtual currency account. That don't, those guidelines don't seem terribly inconsistent with current lender guidelines for proof of source of funds. Um, it just right. makes it very clear that we're not going to verify your cryptocurrency balance or value. We're going to want you to convert that first, but you're going to have to show the chain of custody of your cryptocurrency being converted into U.S. dollars and, and proving all of that. So those don't seem um, contradictory or conflicting with um, sort of the way things have been done in, in the past, but also doesn't seem to conflict with our underwriting guidelines. So right. it seems like we're going to be fine with Fannie Mae when it comes to cryptocurrency. Great. So let's move uh, to the world of real estate. So why are these topics, again, something of interest to the title industry? Well, it's because it's actually affecting the market now. Uh, there was a survey that was conducted by the real estate brokerage firm Redfin, and it showed in the fourth quarter of 2021, nearly 12% or one in nine of first-time U.S. homebuyers sold cryptocurrency for either part or all of their down payment. Um, millennials made up a large part of this number because there are so many first-time homebuyers in that range. And another interesting point is that there's some speculation that some of this is tied to the pandemic. There was an increased interest in crypto by people who had jobs during the pandemic, and they had extra money because they weren't traveling, they weren't going out to eat as much, and they started dabbling in crypto in their abundant spare time. 
But you have to keep in mind that fiat, in, in our case, U.S. dollars, are still going to be needed for things such as recording and other closing costs. So contracts that involve crypto need to address that um, fact that you're going to have to have U.S. dollars at some point, and they're going to need to address who takes on that conversion risk. Um, there are so, also some new areas in the industry, new companies that are popping up uh, to serve this industry, uh, companies that verify that the currency that's being transferred um, and companies and payment processors who coordinate the transfer of the currency. Um, all of those things are going to make the transaction much safer than a pure wallet-to-wallet -wallet transfer. And we don't have this in Florida yet, but Wyoming and Nebraska have both authorized digital banks. Oh, yeah. Well, that will be an interesting um, change if that comes to Florida. Uh, but all these things that you mentioned sound to me like the, the market is being affected by the consumer's desire to utilize their cryptocurrency value to buy a house. So they are required by various regulators to convert that to U.S. dollars in order to operate in our world. But it seems like that uh, is a factor now because when they are, when the buyer is asked, where are you getting your money? They say, well, it's in my cryptocurrency account. So everyone involved in real estate transactions needs to understand what the process is to take that cryptocurrency value and turn it into U.S. dollars so that we can get a contract written, we can comply with the lender's requirements, who wants to comply with Fannie Mae requirements. We have to comply with our title insurance regulations. So it's... I, I love seeing changes in the industry coming from the consumer because usually it's from the government down and this is something that's coming from the consumer and bubbling up. I like it. Yep. So those are general things that are happening, but what's, I mean, are there examples of cryptocurrency being used in Florida transactions? Yeah, there are. And uh, while Florida doesn't have all the, the regulation and things that some of the other states do, Florida is on the leading edge of transactions that are involving blockchain and cryptocurrency. Um, the, there are different ways to use it. You can use it by selling crypto to get U.S. dollars for closing, which we've been talking about. Uh, you can transact directly in cryptocurrency, or you can create a non-fungible token that is used to document the transaction. So for the first one, selling the crypto to get the U.S. dollars, that's basically the same type of real estate transaction we're doing now. But with the other two, we've got two really good examples. We've got the sale of a four-bedroom penthouse in the art building in Surfside that set a Miami Beach price per square foot record of $4,440.50 a square foot. The sale price was $22.5 million. And that transaction was completed in cryptocurrency. And that makes it the largest known crypto real estate transaction. Uh, in this case, the conversion risk was on the buyer. Um, so that was directly transacting it in cryptocurrency. So when you say the uh, conversion risk was on the buyer, the buyer took the risk that the Ethereum value would go up, but they were still obligated to pay the seller the same number of 
Ethereum. Correct. Um, I, uh, whatever you call them, <laughs> tokens or whatever you call them. Right. Um, and, and so that, I mean, how do they, how do they refer to the cryptocurrency in a contract? Because, you know, we say $250. How do they refer to it in contracts? They're actually just referred to by the number of the item, just like we do in dollars. So we would talk about it in however many Ethereum. So another um, case that we have was uh, dealing with the sale of a residence in Gulfport, Florida. And in that case, the sale price was 210 Ethereum. Um, so at the time, that represented about $653,000 in U.S. dollars. Um, and that was an interesting one because the home's ownership was by the award of an NFT or a non-fungible token. And so the home was titled in an LLC. And then the transfer of the LLC interest to the purchaser was represented by an NFT that was documented on the blockchain. Um, so it was kind of interesting. They didn't actually, you won't see a deed. You'll see a deed into the LLC, but then the actual transfer was, um, was done by the transfer of the interest in the LLC. And it's documented by the award of an NFT. Whoa. So this adds yet another aspect of these cryptocurrency slash blockchain transactions that fund members need to know about. So talk to us about how NFTs work, non-fungible tokens. Sure, an NFT, a non-fungible token, um, by their name, are they are limited in number and that creates scarcity. And in the hope of the creator of the NFT, uh, it creates value. So an NFT has a unique identifying code. So it's not inter interchangeable, hence it being non-fungible. It can be authenticated and the, authentic the authentic authenticity is very secure because the NFC is on the blockchain. So that transaction is gonna be encrypted. The network can then decrypt it for the transaction, it verifies it, it authenticates it, and then it records it in an unmodifiable environment. And this has gained a lot of popularity. You see NFTs talked about a lot in the sale of digital art, uh, in sports related videos, um, as seen in the Gulfport transaction, it's now part of the real estate world. So when you say that NFTs are limited in number. Explain that. Who controls setting that limit? Yeah, the creator of the NFT sets the limit. So in the case of a sale of a, a piece of real estate, if you've got one purchaser that's buying the real estate, the number of M NFTs are going to be one. Um, but you may have something with um, some kind of digital art that they may want to say, okay, I'd like to be able to sell this to a hundred people or a thousand people, um, sort of like you would see like a numbered print. Um, so the NFTs can be any, any number, um, but the, the fewer would tend to be the more valuable. And in the case of real estate, generally it would just be one. Can the owner of an NFT, for example, the member, the sole member of this LLC, that owns this house, can they create uh, undivided interest in an NFT? 
Sure. Or, yeah, they can. They can. It's just like you would own any other asset. You can create interests in it. Right. Well, that may be a topic for a whole separate webinar when fund yes. members start asking questions about that. All right, so we've talked about cryptocurrency, we've talked about NFTs and how they're playing a role in real estate transactions, but we haven't really talked much about blockchain. So again, back to basics, tell us again what blockchain is. Sure, so blockchain, it's an unchangeable distributed digital ledger. So it, it's gonna be a ledger that shows ownership and everything just like any other ledger would. It's not changeable. It's gonna be stored in multiple places on a peer-to-peer -peer computer network. So you've got net, uh, computers all over the place that are gonna be storing this information. And that makes it secure because if it's changed on one computer in the network, that will show that it's been changed on the other computers. So it makes it a lot more secure because you auto, you automatically are alerted that there's been a change um, on the blockchain. So that's how you can know that this NFT that you own that represents your interest in this LLC is not gonna be transferred um, inappropriately or fraudulently because it shows up on all these different computers and they would say, wait a minute, that's not supposed to be messed with. Exactly. Hmm. So how is blockchain now being used in the real estate industry? What are the new things that you're seeing out there on that? Well, it's got some really excellent applications in real estate. And I, I think it's going to be much more widely accepted much more quickly than the use of crypto. Because while crypto has a fair amount of downside because of volatility and because of bad actors, blockchain doesn't. It has the advantage of being very secure. Uh, we're seeing timeshare developers documenting ownership interests on blockchain that creates NFTs that represent that interest. Uh, the same goes for commercial real estate leases. And it's already being used in recording the real estate records in some states, not in Florida yet, but in other states. And, and the benefit there is there's greater efficiency due to the digitization of the process. And it's an accurate record of ownership that updates in real time. But let me ask you about the use of blockchain in real estate records, because in Florida, of course, we have a very broad uh, public records law, and we're very protective of that and of the public's right to access public records. So how would a citizen be able to access real estate records on blockchain? Well, they, they will have the same access like they have now uh, looking at the computer and actually in some areas where they're recording um, documents, deeds and things like that on blockchain, you will see a deed that will be stamped with a QR code and you can then put your phone camera over that QR code and it will bring up the copy of that deed. 
Um, so it is something that can be set up. It can be very private, um, particularly when you're dealing with NFTs, but you can have the blockchain be open, very open to the public as well. And it's tamper proof and it's disaster resistant since it's a, this decentralized ledger. If something goes down, if we have a, a storm and it takes out a courthouse that has the server in the courthouse, instead of the records just being destroyed and losing them, uh, it would be accessible through one of these other computers on that peer-to-peer -peer decentralized uh, ledger. Uh, we've got um, some areas are actually recording things on blockchain right now. South Burlington, Vermont has partnered with Proppy, who was the company that did that Gulfport transaction, um, the Gulfport, Florida transaction, um, to develop a blockchain-based deed registration system that's gonna store deeds on the Ethereum blockchain. And uh, Cook County, Illinois has a blockchain pilot program in their office of the recorder of deeds. And then in what is the most blockchain-friendly state, uh, Wyoming, uh, Teton County is putting all of its land transaction records on blockchain. And that doesn't mean it's going to make title searches unnecessary, but it is going to make the searches more efficient and more reliable. It gets rid of the ability of someone to alter records in the courthouse. So it's, it's just very, very secure. Interesting. Well, it'll be very interesting to keep an eye on this trend of utilizing blockchain for the recording of public records. That's something that the industry is going to have to pay a lot of attention to. So lots of great information, certainly new stuff going on, um, new ways that these new types of currency uh, and representations of ownership are being used. So what would you say are the five takeaways for a fund member from this conversation? Well, fund members need to have some level of awareness of this trend in the industry because things are happening now. So they need at least a very basic knowledge of the fundamentals. Agreed. When they're, yeah, when they're dealing with contracts, um, if your client is involved in a transaction involving cryptocurrency, you need to understand who is going to take the risk of volatility of the currency. And you're going to also have to determine who is going to have to fund the closing cost with U.S. dollars. Um, keep in mind that our underwriting position has not changed. We are not able to insure wallet-to-wallet -wallet transactions. So said another way, crypto has to be converted into U.S. dollars simultaneous with or before the closing for the entire transaction. But be aware that if you're dealing with Fannie Mae, you may have to prove that source of funds. And then be aware that this, this concept of an NFT is being used to document ownership in an LLC. And just stay alert for any aspect of this that's coming to Florida, because it's not a matter of if, but a matter of when. Well, I, I would agree with all of those takeaways. And I would also be so bold as to say that as things change and any aspect of this comes to Florida, you will hear it from us here at the fund as soon as we hear about it. So we will keep you up to date. So Caleb, are there any questions out there from the attendees? Uh, yeah, we actually got quite a few. Um, so the first one was with relation to NFTs and using NFTs instead of a deed, 
what is the trend? Because you were talking about at the end, some of the advantages related to the security of using NFT on the blockchain to record and follow the chain of title. Do we see it going towards using NFTs in lieu of deeds in the traditional sense? Or is it just kind of this niche thing right now that people are kind of playing with? I think that as far as there, there isn't really a trend because there are different ways of doing it. If there, if there is a trend, it is mostly in people converting their crypto into fiat before a transaction. And so having a very traditional transaction because they want to be able to get title insurance. They're, they're purchasing property from someone they don't know and they want to have title insurance. And if you are just transferring the ownership interest in the LLC, um, you don't have all of the same things you would have with a traditional closing. Um, so we are seeing that more as a way to, um, that it was more or less to kind of make it possible to have this auction and the payment actually happen in crypto, the, the house in Gulfport. Um, I also see that as being kind of a um, something that was um, a good marketing for Proppy, um, the company that handled it. Um, so it was something that got, definitely got it into the media. It got people talking about it, but I don't see that as a trend at this point. I think we're going to see more conventional closings, but with money coming from crypto that's been converted. Okay. Um, and then broadly, just back to the Gulfport deal, one of the questions was, they didn't trade an NFT for the house. The NFT was how they were, in other words, how they documented the deal, right? That's exactly right. That's how they documented it. They had an auction. Um, so and so the money actually did come from a, um, a cryptocurrency wallet. Uh, they had the auction and the the payment was for the interest in an LLC that held title to the house. And then the transfer of that interest in the LLC was documented on blockchain um, for security purposes, um, instead of having a deed recorded, transferring the interest in property. So the, the deed that is recorded on that house is actually still the deed into the LLC. Um, the LLC interest just transferred and instead of having it um, not be something that people could see in public, uh, they transferred it on blockchain um, to, to keep it uh, secure and safe from any type of um, anybody coming in and making a change to it that shouldn't. Okay. And then the next question, I guess, that logically follows from there. Okay. Now you've done this deal on blockchain and you have this NFT that is the ledger, if you will, for that deal being done. How do you do the next deal? But based off what you just said, basically, you could still do a good old fashioned deed out of the LLC into a new buyer. It's just absolutely an yeah. NFT that kept the ledger. Yeah, you absolutely can. You can. And for purposes of that, if it's a, a transfer from that LLC into a third party, then you're going to have a deed out. You're still going to have an LLC that is that the interest in the LLC is represented on blockchain, but it no longer holds title to that property. If it has anything else in it, then it may have some value, but the property just comes out. The other way that they could handle it is they could actually transfer transfer the interest in the LLC and record that transfer to the blockchain as well. So that would show that that chain of interest in the LLC. Okay. And then, and I've, I've seen some of this in the news, so I'm, I'm actually curious on your answer on this as well. Who is the regulatory body on crypto? 
Well, it depends. I mean, right now there is not a lot of regulation. We're getting more and more. The the state's attorney generals are coming into play some. We're seeing some states that have a separate, for example, Wyoming is extremely um, blockchain friendly, and we're seeing that regulation through statute uh, in that state, and they have set up regulatory agencies within the state to deal with it. In Florida right now, we're still looking basically at the attorneys general, and then we see regulation, of course, through um, entities like Fannie Mae, that they have said, if you wanna deal with us and you wanna use blockchain, these are our criteria. Okay. It's very then, decentralized at this point, though. Right, all over the place. And then with relation to Fannie, one of the questions was, are they actually asking that you prove up your ownership of the tokens before you were to do a deal? In other words, wallet to wallet, as you put it. Um, yeah. It, yeah. Well, they don't allow a wallet to wallet transfer. Uh, Fannie Mae will not allow that. They will allow virtual currency if you have converted it to U.S. dollars. If you have a large deposit, and this is sort of like if, you know, it's a source of funds um, matter for them when if they want to know if you've gotten a gift or if you've gotten money from somebody else, same type of thing. If you're going to have a large deposit, they're going to want you to verify that those funds originated in your own virtual currency account. So you've got to show that those funds came from you, um, just like you might have to show that money came from a bank account when you're doing a closing. Okay. Um, and Maybe. I think that is, are those uh, all what, the you mentioned it. Yeah. Uh, other, one last question, Ethereum, are there any other digital, um, any other blockchains that are being used as, as a, as a ledger or, or is it just Ethereum that seems to be taking point with real property transactions? Ethereum is definitely the leading edge in uh, real estate transactions. It's and and you're definitely seeing things you're seeing Ethereum used as the ledger. And then you're seeing the Ethereum tokens used uh, to determine the price. So the like the transaction in Florida was 210 Ethereum. So you're seeing that uh, for the price. And that's really the primary one. You do not see transactions happening really in Bitcoin uh, very often. They can, but they're not really happening in Bitcoin. Okay, thank you. Thanks, Caleb, and thanks for all of those really great questions. And thank you for attending today. I think we've wrapped up our conversation. I hope it's been interesting. I hope it's been valuable. And again, look for us to push this out on our podcast title now so that if you want to listen to this again or share it with your colleagues, that's the easiest way for them to get it. And send me your suggestions for future pop-up webinar topics. I would love to hear from you. And of course, as always, thank you for your support of the fund.